You're listening to the LifeWay Kids Podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, we want to let you know about our exciting new event coming this October. We're taking everything that you know and love about KMC, our kids' ministry conference, and we're expanding it to become ETCH, Family Ministry Conference. ETCH stands for Equipping the Church and Home, and that's what we are all about. We're planning a wide range of breakout sessions for you and your whole team, uh, featuring age-specific training for preschool, kids, preteen, and students, as well as combined sessions designed to help you get your whole team on the same page. It's going to be a great time. We're also lining up some incredible Nashville music to help you experience the sounds of our hometown. Act fast to get the lowest prices possible for yourself and your team, as rates will go up on June 15th. Visit etchconference.com to get more details. That's E-T-C-H conference.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hi, I'm Chuck Peters. I'm one of the leaders of the LifeWay Kids team, and we are here with the podcast live at LifeWay's KMC Kids Ministry Conference in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, We are here at the Music City Center with uh, hundreds of kids ministry leaders who have come together, and I've got the privilege of sitting down with Heidi Hensley, who is the kids pastor at Bayside Church in Sacramento with a few thousand kids (laughs) coming through the program every weekend, lots of things on her plate, and we're talking today about uh, the idea of connecting the church and home. Um, this is a, a theme that has kind of come into vogue. Uh, we, we all work within the church to do our ministry, but there's this, uh, this um, desire that we have to, to really equip families rather than just to teach kids. Uh, so Heidi, give us some insight on, on this idea. Uh, does it seem like this is a new concept, even though it really isn't? Exactly. Um, it seems like a new concept, even though it isn't. Connecting church and home, I think we all like mentally just go back to the whole D6 model. Yes. Um, and that's the first thing. And I, by D6, yeah, I'm referencing the ministry, but I'm also referencing the, the scripture. And that would be Deuteronomy that, 6. It would be Deuteronomy yes. 6. Um, verse 9, where it talks about, you know, walking alongside the road and posting it over your door frames, things like that. And I think what we fail sometimes to remember is culturally, you had three generations of people in that house. So typically, you know, grandma, granddad, whoever, they would walk with the kids and they would share with them their faith and pieces like that. Culturally, we have moved away from that. And that's not, that was not just a scriptural time, you know, biblical times. That was my grandmother was in my bedroom until I was 17 kind of thing. So we're seeing more of that model go away and families live on their own without that older generation. And I think when you've seen the full disconnect from the older generation having a heavy presence in a child's life, that's where you're seeing this new desire. And so, like you said, it's not new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's new attention simply because it's like all of a sudden we're going, oh, nobody's doing that. We have to do that. So it's it's not a new concept. Uh, I, think, I think my disconnect with a lot of the trendy pieces of it is a little bit of what you said where it's connecting the church and home. I believe in empowering the parents. I do believe in empowering our leaders in the church. But I think sometimes we, you know, when, when you talk about somebody and they're right in front of you, it's kind of how we see it with the kids. Mm. The kids are right there. And there also needs to be a voice saying, but your relationship with Christ is up to you. Mm. We can equip parents, we can equip church leaders, but the ultimate decision will be their own. And so, 
it really is more of a triangle than it is a, a line between the two. So, yeah. So when we talk about equipping parents, mm-hmm. I think we all believe that that's an agree, yeah. that that's something that's essential that we do, right? Yep. We have kids for, what, an hour or maybe two hours a week? <laughs> yeah. Maybe three if maybe. you do, right? Yeah. Multiple services and you have a child for a couple hours a week. That's not enough time no. to really have a deep... Uh, meaningful impact in the long term, Mm -hmm. right? So we can hit highlights, hit high points, mountaintops and milestones, but the kids are at home a lot more hours a week with the family, at least hopefully, Hopefully. right? And so therefore, part of our ministry has to extend beyond the church, right? And we need to figure out how we can equip the home. So how do we do that? So is uh, if I send home an activity page after class Mm -hmm. and say, you know, this mom or dad, Here's the, the page, and it has the verse that we studied today, and here's the story. That may be more than a lot of people are doing, right? At least I'm giving, because otherwise you're in the van, and you're like, what did you guys learn today? I don't know. You know. God, Jesus. Yes. All right, good job. And something made out of uh, cotton balls and glitter. Good, yes. thank you. Yes. So, no, but so beyond handing that page to the parents, how do we practically go about equipping families? Yeah. Um, I have a story that I love to tell in this session when I teach it, and it's, coming home one day and my kids were probably I think 10 and maybe 15 and I thought you know we're going to get this we have an we have an age gap between our boys so we're going to get this whole family discipleship thing we're going to get this nailed down we're going to do this right and so I brought home this this family devotional book now remember one is in at this time elementary programming one is in junior high programming we're in adult programming and then in service none of this collides none of it's really matching then we go home and I open a family discipleship um, you know, journal or whatever that has nothing to do with any of that. Mm. And it asks me to get like a marble, a candle, a sock, all these different things. And I'm just looking at my frazzled kids after you know sports practice in school and I just kind of rolled my eyes and threw it to the side. And first of all, I think it's important to empower parents with what you're already doing. I don't know why we insist on creating two teams. Mm. Um, Everything we do, we do during the week. So rather instead of on Monday when somebody on your staff prints all of the memory verses, our culture is very tech savvy. So we push our memory verse that Mm -hmm. time. So whatever we're touching in the office at church, we're pushing that into homes. Sometimes it's the memory verse. Sometimes it's the daily devotional. Sometimes it's, it's the take-home page. Mm-hmm. On Wednesdays, we like to send out a, a message on Facebook and you know Instagram. Hey, your take-home page, did you do it? Kind of thing. And parents realize, like you said, it's in the floorboard of the car. Yeah. And, they, <laughs> and they go out and they find it and hopefully do it. Um, for some parents, they put it right on the fridge and they do it. But I think instead of reinventing the wheel becoming more practical with what we do and forgetting about going, yes, they have them for that many hours, so let's give them eight topics that has nothing to do with Sunday. Let's continue the conversation all through the week. And that might be something as simple as hitting up on Facebook, Twitter, and an all-church email saying, hey, tonight at dinner, discuss generosity with your kids. Ask them what they think generosity is. That's all it is, and we know what that's like to sit at a table with a child and let them just start talking. You will get more theological discussion happening when you just throw a topic on a dinner table than if I opened that with all the supplies that I did not have in my house. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great tip. I mean, and very yeah. practical. Very practical. Um, we, you know, it's it's not practical to build uh, something out of toothpicks no. together. But 
to have uh, some talk points for around the dinner table mm-hmm. is a great idea. Yeah. Um, what about the car? Yeah, I'm thinking of places <laughs> where, yep. uh, because although in theory mom and dad have a lot of time with their kids, family time is, is so crunched with all yep. the activity and things we have going, we need to make the most of the available time, right? Yeah. And so part of that Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6 is talk about them as you go down the road, yep. right? So I think Walk of part time. soccer, yeah. So, all, all those different spots, the, I think the key thing is to make sure your parents are well-trained. Mm-hmm. So we, we talk a lot about family ministry, and we, we push a lot of information into the home. But the other piece of that that we're not realizing is, you know, we talked about those three generations, that, that grandparent generation that's now, long, now no longer there. When I was a kid, and we just won't get into how old I am, but when I was a kid... Yesterday. It, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was not normal to have a friend that had never been to church. Mm-hmm. You started to encounter them, one, one or two, you know, but it, that wasn't the norm. Yeah. The norm now is there's a generation having kids that these adults have never set foot in church, and yeah. all they know is church is good, I love my child, let's go. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is their basis for coming to church. It's not because they know Christ. It's not because they love God. It's because they love their child and church is good. And so when they come in our doors and you push a paper across the thing that says, hey, read this verse with your child and pray with them. And they're going, I don't know what any of that means. So peace out. (laughs) So instead instead of assuming that we've all grown up in church, we assume none of us have ever been to church. And that sounds a little probably under the bar for some churches, but the safety in that is we can legitimately say, if you have never been to church, but your kids come to our program, come to this four week class and let's teach you how to do children's ministry. Mm. And what they do is they come, they actually learn the gospel. They learn how to pray with their kids. You would be amazed how many people, if it's not prayer or if it's not food or bedtime, they're not certain how to pray with their kids. Mm. Um, so we, we cover that and then we cover what to do with the take home pages and then what we offer to support them. And it has created this, this great harmony with what we do. Suddenly the take home papers aren't being found in the parking lot Mm. because they know what to do with them. And so that's, I think that's kind of like the secret that unlocks it in Mm. there is when you teach the parents what to do with that information. Yeah, great. Because yeah. to assume that they know what to do is definitely an assumption, isn't it? Total assumption. So thinking about parents, there, there's a wide range mm-hmm. uh, of parents right <laughs> within, within our churches. So there may be some who are fully prepared to yep. open the Bible and just teach straight out of it, and they may have gone to Bible school. They may yep. be on the staff. Yep. And then you may have others at the far other end of the spectrum who the only reason they're in church is because someone invited their child. Yes. And they're completely unchurched as adults. And yep. so how do you, do you, do you train those people differently? Or is there a process you bring them through? Um, so I would think, you know, if we're hiring <laughs> for a job, yeah. it's like there's no qualifications to become a parent, right? Anybody right. can do it. You don't need right. a license, but maybe you should. <laughs> Same with this. And so here we have teachers. We're asking parents to be teachers of their children mm-hmm. of something that they may feel completely uncomfortable with. Yeah. And unqualified for. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about ha- about having a, a, a set training process that you bring those parents through so that they feel equipped. Mm-hmm. It's a set process, and you know, like you said, that there's one thing. Yes, you don't have to have a license to be, to be a parent, like you said. Yeah. Anybody can be a parent. Uh, the other piece of that is you also don't have to have a license to be a friend, and that's another place that we all kind of meet in the middle. So what we do is we build family moments around community. 
you don't have to you don't even have to be a Christian to come to our Thrive Family Nights. You're going to come, you're going to hear what your kids are going to learn about for the next month. We're going to play some games. I might make you put an Oreo on your head and try to get it into your mouth at some point as a dad because that's quite frankly something kids love to see their dads I, do. I do it at home all the time. <laughs> right? So, you know, we play some games, and then the rest of the night is nothing but families kind of bonding and mingling and getting to know one another. The beautiful piece of that is introducing to them, hey, we also have small groups where your kids are welcome. And a parent who grew up in the church and they're solid, maybe they're even staff member, can then have one of these newer families that have no church background in their small group, and they're going to start growing together as a community. The other side of that is they will hear the gospel in those Thrive Family Nights. And so they'll get to start to, you know, to build relationships. And I, I, we truly believe, I'm at a church where community is the start of just about everything we do. Um, people show up at our church not because they're hungry for much. Some of them might be. But a lot of them, their prime reason is they want to belong somewhere. And so we cash that in. Yeah. Well, you mentioned culture when mm-hmm. we started talking. Yep. Uh, the, that the the culture from uh, the times of the Bible, from Deuteronomy six, mm-hmm. the families were living together and they actually lived together and they were with their children all the time. Yep. We live in a culture that uh, outsources much of our parenting, <laughs> right? We yeah. we send our kids away to school and we send our kids away for coaching and and we work in places that were not near our children. And a lot of people may think, well, the church is there to teach my kids how to do things, yeah. right? I, I outsource the spiritual education and growth of my child to the church. So what's wrong with that type of thinking? Is that something that we have to, <laughs> do we have to uh, counter that? Uh, I mean, do we need to, to convince people that really this is their job? Well, I, I kind of go both ways only because I have many kids that over the course of 20 years have shown up in our ministry that had no spiritual content whatsoever in their home. And while I believe in equipping the parents, even a non-believing parent, I truly believe can have a theological discussion with their child because their child's going to lead it. All you have to do is give them a question and let them go. Um, Sometimes the child is ministering to that parent in ways we never could. And we talked, I think, I forget his name, Todd. <laughs> that that mentioned you know somebody ministering and it was through a picture Bible you know and yes. he tried all these other things. Um, it, it can happen that way, but I think I think that what we need to probably recognize is family ministry is important. It is not standalone. And you know a lot of people talk about how how the the home is the primary spiritual you know resource. Mm. Yes, no, I don't, I don't wholeheartedly agree solely because I've had kids in my ministry that their parents tried to kill them. Mm. You can't tell me that that parent is going to instill in them values that lead them to Christ. Mm. And so what do we do in those situations with those kids? Mm. And so I truly believe it does take a village. And there will be times that the home is the strongest spiritual place that child will ever know. Mm. There will be times that the home is probably the most violent place they know in the church. Mm is their solace, you know? So those, I think there's an ebb and flow. I think there's a balance, but like you said, those core families, those core people, different people like that who invest in kids, invest in ministry, they can become the home. Um, but I don't, I, I don't believe that the, the responsibility really falls on one or the other. Um, and then going back culturally, like you said, in that time, not only were there generations in the home, 
but then the way they lived in community too. And we, we have a very different culture than that. And so accepting that that's not our culture anymore and finding a way that fits in it, whether you're in the Bible Belt, whether you're on the West Coast with us, I will see a ton of kids show up that are not churched and have no churched family. But you better believe if they need somebody to sit next to and take communion with, they can sit next to my, my family, you know, things like that. So making sure that every child is reached, um, I think, is more of a job than finding out whose job it is. Um, and then the other piece of that is the culture shaping that we're dealing with. Our kids today, even along the road, you know, they'll see things that you would never want a child to see. Maybe it's a sign for an adult store. And equipping parents or leaders or whoever's in the car with them in those moments to react and have a godly discussion about that, um, we will bypass, I think, a lot of heartache because they will learn how to, like like we've been talking about, you know, shape their culture rather than let the culture shape them. Mm. And I found, it, I found it funny. Somebody used the term impress. Mm. And I actually use that when I teach the... the session that we've talked about and it's fun to use that with Plato and talk about kids and we worry that things have impressed and, and created marks on our kids and I had a little boy one time that showed up and he had been abused and he did he had physical marks on him but the beautiful part is if you hold Christ onto him long enough he can he can kind of change those marks and he can impress on him a godly character and things like that so it's mm. it's interesting. I love the you know the verbiage and all the things we find in scripture and how it has different meanings to us. Mm. So very culturally relevant. Very <laughs> great thoughts. Great thoughts. Thank you so much for your time. I think uh, a takeaway that I've got from this whole thing is that we really need to see uh, parents as partners. Yes. So we need to come alongside, be that paraclete. Uh, and, and not in a way that makes the parent feel like they're inadequate, <laughs> but to equip them well yeah. to have conversations around the home and in the car, mm -hmm. uh, simple things that can be done without a whole lot of training yep. that will really help connect the dots for the kids between what's happening at church and what's happening at home. Yep. Thank you so much for your time, Heidi. And thank you, listeners. This has been the Lifeway Kids Podcast. And as always, we are praying that God will use you in ways that are bigger than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of Christ. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Kids Podcast. Don't forget to visit etchconference.com to learn more about our exciting new family ministry conference happening here in Nashville, October 3rd through 5th. Early bird pricing runs through June 15th, so be sure to lock in the lowest rate today. Once again, that's etchconference.com, E-T-C-H conference.com. We look forward to having you join us.